1: these are just some additional episodes to give you a greater insight into the crimes and lives of Private Carl Halton, alias Ricky Allen, and Lisbeth Baker, alias Georgina Grayson. The regular episodes of Murder Mile return at the end of January, with possibly a little surprise in between. Until then, thank you, Merry Christmas, and Happy New Year. Okie okay, dokie, folks. So, um, let's dive into the first of elizabeth's statements so this is the first one uh this is the one dated the 11th of october 1944 um she made this statement at hammersmith uh police station which is in f division uh and this is the first statement now it's only one page long it's a pretty quick one this is the one before uh harry kimball turned around to her and said you need to go back to the police station. You need to tell them th- the entire truth. So this is her first statement. So um, it says, this is the statement of Elizabeth Marina Jones. Um, her name isn't Marina, it's Maud. Um, but there we go. Aged 18 of 311 King Street, Hammersmith. Who saith? I love that in poli- old police statements. You have to say, who saith? Whoever uses the word, who saith? Um, she says, I'm married, but I do not live with my i am married but i do not live with my husband uh don't forget the start of the statements they uh, they have to get you to kind of state who you are and what you're about and things like that uh, i'm married but i do not live with my husband i occupy a, a one-roomed flat at 113 king street hammersmith and i have been there for about four weeks i am a striptease dancer and the last engagements I I had was in the Panama Club, Knightsbridge, and the Blue Lagoon Club in Carnaby Street, W1. That was five months ago, and I have not had any more engagements since. Last Tuesday evening... 3rd of October 1944 I was in a cafe cafe on Broadway Hammersmith uh, I do not know, know the name of it and I was introduced to a man in an American officer's uniform who told me his name was Ricky Allen although I have heard him called by another name Carl I left him and I arranged to meet him at eleven thirty p.m. at Broadway cinema I met him and I uh, I met him, and he had with him a big American army truck and I went with him for a ride around London. I left him around three three a m and I went home. I gave him my name and address, and although I arranged to meet him at three p m on Wednesday, the fourth of october i he did not turn up on Thursday, the fifth of October. He called at my flat at about five p m and I spent the evening with him, and he came home with me afterwards and stayed the night. We remained in bed until 2.50 p.m. on Friday, the 6th of October. I got up, I got up and he asked me to go to Hammersmith Metropolitan Railway Station to collect his valise. A valise is kind of one of those uh, canvas bags that you always see troops in wartime kind of swinging over their shoulder um, to carry stuff in. And he handed me a cloakroom ticket. I collected the valise, uh, and that is the one the American officers took away on Wednesday, the eleventh of October. When I arrived back at the flat on Friday, Ricky put on a pair of dark trousers which he took out of the valise. We left the flat together at about four thirty p.m. and at five or, or five p.m., and we went to Broadway Cinema, Hammersmith. We came out at eight thirty p.m and he left me and said he would call back for me at 9:30 p.m. at the flat he did not come until 11:30 p.m. i heard whistling in the street and went down and saw him there he slept with me that night we got up from ten, we got up from bed at 10:50 a.m. on saturday the 7th of october and he left me and he left the flat to get a meal he returned to the flat at one forty p.m. Uh, and a man named Lenny, that's uh, Len Bexley, was with Ricky. I had seen Lenny before, and I know he goes to the cafe in Hammersmith Broadway. The three of us went to the White City Stadium in the afternoon. In the evening, I went with Ricky to Victoria and entered a cinema. He brought me home, and I think he left me at about 10pm, saying he was going to stay at a hotel in Victoria. I have seen Ricky twice since uh that is on Sunday afternoon and he stayed with me on the Sunday night he left on Monday morning and he came back at about 3 p.m and said he would call for me at five thirty p.m but he did not come I did not see him with a car when he called I have not seen him since Ricky brought the tunic uh that was found behind the door of my flat and on occasions I have seen him wear a leather jacket with zip fastenings um this statement has been read to me and it is true. Signed, uh, E.M. Jones. So that's the statement. It's barely a page long. But if you've uh, already listened to the episode, you'll know that most of that was complete and utter bullshit. So, um, interesting to so, I won't do this with the other statements. I'll kind of read that and just interject when we need to. But you can kind of already see that there's there's bullshit here already. So um, it's true that she doesn't live with her husband anymore. She does live in the flat she has to admit that because they actually went to that flat and arrested her there or, or brought her in for questioning at 331 King Street so they know that uh, she'd been there for about three weeks uh, she keeps saying that she's a striptease dancer she, there's no proof that she was a striptease dancer and all the clubs that she referenced that she was at the Panama Club in Knightsbridge and the Blue Lagoon Club on Carnaby Street these are all relatively famous places Do You know, the only other place you may have mentioned is kind of like the Windmill Club but as with most dancers, there's no evidence. You can't it's not like they were on the payroll, it was kind of cash in hand, so it's almost impossible to prove. She could have been a dancer, but we don't have anything in her past that proved that she was a dancer. Um so Tuesday evening, third of October, she says she was in the ca- in a cafe in Broadway, Hammersmith. Uh she says, I don't know the name of it. That's kind of interesting because she worked there. So how would you not know the name of the cafe that you worked in? Um He said that his name was Ricky. This is all... Most of this we already know anyway, because obviously uh, Len Bexley kind of told us a version of this as well, and also Ricky would as well. Um, She said that evening they went... um, I went with him in a big army truck and went with him for a ride around London. Now, what she entirely misses out of there is the fact that they went over to uh, Reading... Um, and that's where they found the girl on the bicycle that they switched off the lights and they kind of, uh, Ricky accosted her in the road and they stole her purse and then came back with all the stolen goods and sold it off. She's entirely missed that. So that has just gone. Basically, she's saying, we just went for a bit of a ride around. It was all very nice. Um, she says he didn't turn up on the Wednesday. Uh, they did go out on the Wednesday. Um, thursday this is the uh, thursday the 5th again she's just kind of saying he he turned up but we really didn't do anything friday the 6th so in the lead into that that is the point where the young girl, uh, who was on, uh, outside Paddington station that they picked up, she's entirely missed that. She's entirely missed the fact that they went up to Kilburn and there was a taxi driver, John Strangeway. She's entirely missed that. She's missed the, uh, the, the attempted robbery, which had already been reported to the police by that point. But because they didn't know Ricky's name, they didn't know her name. Uh, I don't think they were, they had the license plate of, the uh, American truck. They just knew it was a six-wheeled, two-and-a-half-ton American truck. Um, They knew one was missing, but they couldn't find it because it was hidden in the car park at the back of the Gaumont Cinema. So um, she states in here about the the valise bag that was held at Hammersmith Metropolitan Railway Station. That is all true, but she has to admit that because they already had the valise bag itself. Uh, Don't forget the... Trousers that she was meant to take to the cleaners, they'd already found them at her flat. which' well, it's not really a flat, it's a room there, and they'd also also found the the leather jacket with the uh the leather leather fastenings. That was behind the door as well. Um And the ticket to the valise bag, they'd already got that as well. That's all been proven. So all of the things that she's actually saying here has been proven. Um with you can see a kind of a prevarication on here when she's talking about the timings for friday the 6th of october and sat to saturday the 7th of october there's a lot of kind of oh we were meeting up and we went to the cinema and we were you know went to victoria and things like that which parts of which is true but entirely missing the point of the fact that they went out that night and they went hunting and they found george heath and it's the murder of george heath all of that is entirely missing um yeah, it's mostly waffle. So you, you you'll kind of see a real difference after this. I'll put in part two. Um, I, I will warn you now it's it's a it's a big old letter. It's uh, yeah, it's a, it's about eight pages long. So uh, I would strap yourselves in. I might I, I might put it into a a part one part two version so so you can have a bit of a rest. So I can have a rest as well because it's a lot to dive into. Anyway, that was the first letter. Up next, second letter part.